Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. And we got another episode of The Stack tonight where we're going to review the new books for DC Comics. Got a nice uh, big old stack as there's uh, plenty of issues that came out this week that uh, are pretty um, significant considering uh, the DC Universe and where it's headed. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Right now we're going to go around the roundtable. We got Robin D. Cross from Canada. Howdy ho. We got Legends of Lego Batman from sunny Southern California. Here we go. I am uh, Bat Force Tom, also from Southern California. We uh, we may be having, as you just heard, um, some uh, special guest appearances by Little Baby Legends, um, who is currently being shushed by watching Madagascar. Is it Madagascar 1 or 2 that she's watching? Oh, it's Madagascar 3. Oh, 3. Oh, man. I didn't even know they had completed the trilogy. <laughs> Living in the future. But uh, as we we're talking here, um, I didn't hear the news up until tonight, but apparently there's some big news happening with uh, Stan Lee. I know we talked about him probably a couple months ago, uh, but Robin, you want to talk us, talk us through what, uh, what the new developments are? Yeah, well, if, uh, if you haven't been following it for the last few months, uh, the, the first thing that we heard happened after uh, the passing of Stan's wife, Joni, was... Uh, Stan's longtime manager and all the people who were handling him were sort of pushed out of the picture and replaced by uh, by a new guy who was reportedly friends with Stan's daughter. Uh, and it had apparently been documented that uh, she had uh, a long history of burning through a lot of uh, Stan's money even when, when Joni was still around. And uh, she was apparently at... Uh, in the, at the heart of the, this change in Stan's personnel. And after everything changed, uh, no, one was all, no one was able to talk to Stan. You, you saw guys like Neil Adams and Kevin Smith tweeting that they were worried about Stan, they weren't able to visit him, he wasn't even replying to text messages, and then Stan was seen at, at conventions looking horrible and not getting breaks. So everyone was really worried about him. And rumors started flying around that uh, that Stan was being treated improperly and money was being stolen from him and this and that. But then a video would come out where Stan quite clearly reading a script yeah. and saying that everything is okay. And, you know, be, you can tell he's being directed uh, on, on what to say and, you know, to, to put everyone's fears to but uh, as of a couple of days ago, uh, well, this was what I think Wednesday, uh, so three days before we're uh, we're recording this, 
uh, Stanley had been granted a restraining order against his business manager, Kia Morgan. So this is the guy who's been, uh, who's been doing all this stuff recently, and uh, we've Stan saying that everything was okay. He was he was being taken care of, but apparently it's uh, that's not the case since that guy's been uh, booted the fuck out now. Yeah, this is and that dude uh, was such a skis ball to begin with. He looked like such a um, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not nice, obviously to you know, uh, talk about someone's appearance, but the guy just looked like a creep in a dirtbag, and, uh, mm-hmm. he was a, uh, memorabilia dealer, and I'm, you know, if you're in that business, all power to you, whatever, but, like we mentioned before, memorabilia dealers are, they're, um, they're hustlers, man, and they're, they're looking to make, uh, a buck, um, and, uh, they do it sometimes ruthlessly if they're dealing it on a big scale, and this guy seemed to be one of those guys, and, I think he had parts of like Michael Jackson's collect, like he had, he had like Michael Jackson memorabilia and Marilyn Monroe memorabilia. So this guy was like a big time dealer, and then um, he was able to get in contact with Stan Lee and start like make calling shots for his life. So yeah, right off the bat, I was like, why is a memorabilia dealer personal assistant to Stan Lee or have anything to do with what he does day to day and decisions, you know, day to day? So that was just a red flag. And and you could see how Stan was suddenly being milked for as much time as he could possibly put in. You know, uh, the the last time I saw Stan at a con, this is going back two three years ago. Uh, he had uh, a panel that he was scheduled to do, and the panel ended up beginning about two hours late because it was decided that Stan needs a break. You know, he he needs he, he's not feeling well. He needs some time to to go back to the hotel and rest. And everyone, everyone's cool with that. Well, well yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. You, you know, take care of himself. And, you know, so the panel just happened later. And that's how things used to be run with Stan, you know. As he was getting older, if he wasn't well, things would get rescheduled. And, you know, he would be given time to, to recuperate. But what we started seeing over the last couple months with this guy uh, running things was Stan being at, at a table signing for hours on end, just hours, no break, and everyone saying that you know he, he looked horrible, he was incoherent. Uh, the, the person, whoever it was at at the table with him, was pointing to him where to sign and reminding him how to write his name. So he just wasn't being taken care of. Mm. So it's uh, good to see now that that uh, piece of crap is nowhere near allowed to be near um, Stanley now. So. But yeah, man, it's sad because he's not, he's so old and I feel so bad for the dude. Like, at this stage in his life, he should be doing nothing but, like, resting and relaxing and, um... Yeah, and, and enjoying everything that, that he's worked for his whole life. Yeah, that guy's got no business, like, getting on planes and traveling to go to conventions and stuff. Like, I thought I had heard, like, you know, wasn't it, like, six months ago where we heard it was, like, the last time he was going to be appearing at any of these cons? And, like... I- yeah, it's it's been getting cut off. Like he was he was at one in Toronto a couple of years ago, and they were saying at the time that it was going to be his last Canadian appearance. Yeah, so we we knew how that ended up. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, all the best to Stan Lee. Hope everything goes well, and uh, you know all that stuff uh, works out, and he's able to just enjoy himself and not have to worry about any of the BS. But um, all right. I think uh, I think his most recent tweets have actually been him. Because yeah. they, 
they they seem pretty candid. They seem pretty like uh, genuine, non-scripted. So I think ever since he figured out how to use social media, he probably figured out a way how to uh, get out of the shackles that he's in. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, um, let's talk about some books, yeah? Yeah. Like you mentioned a uh, big old uh, week for Batman books and DC books in general. Um, that, that, that Justice League issue was awesome. Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Batman 49, Man of Steel number 4. And uh, let's get started with the Prelude issue. Um, this one, again, written by Tim Seeley. And this one was, uh, was it Red Hood and Anarchy? Indeed. All right. Want to, get, want to take us through it? Uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, continuing uh, like the other ones uh, have largely been, we're kind of seeing some behind-the-scenes stuff leading up to the wedding. So this one is set on the night of Selena's uh, bachelorette party, which uh, we get uh, sort of some narration from Bruce, you know, as he's... Uh, I think we see it through a couple different characters uh, that this isn't a thing Selena would be doing because she wants to do it. You know, it's a thing she's doing to keep up appearances and, and just play the part. Mm-hmm. In terms of the bachelorette party. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's over that and uh, mm-hmm. so we get to see uh, a little bit in the back cave for that uh, Batman pays. Uh, I'm sure he didn't plan to pay but uh, he asks Jason Todd to just follow her around and keep an eye on her because shit's been going crazy. Mm-hmm. So just to keep an eye make sure nothing... Uh, Nothing goes down, and he ends up. Uh, Jason asks for quite a bit of money uh, in exchange for doing that. <laughs> Small fee, you know, n- not as much as Stanley charges for an autograph, but. You mean his manager, his shitty man, or his yeah. shitty arms dealer, or whatever. Right. <laughs> I wonder if his uh, manager is uh, managing Jason Todd. Yeah, well, maybe. That's uh, is that's this guy uh, instructing Jason to ask for 150 grand to go follow Selena around for a night. This art's pretty sick. In this issue, this is it's funny too because uh, I had seen online that a bunch of uh, Bad Cat fans were really, really, really looking forward to this issue. Um, because it's obviously Selena's bachelorette party, and they wanted to see Jason Todd beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> so, um, I'm. There's yeah, there's like there's like silly little panels of Selena dancing and stuff like that. Um, and one of her friends uh, alluding to having been with uh, with Nightwing and saying that telling Selena that she does she didn't get the hottest member of the Bat family. Damn. Damn, that's debatable. So, but uh. Overall, piece, I what, what did I you haven't, guys... I haven't, sorry, sorry, I haven't read a lot of the uh, solo Catwoman comics, but are these uh, girl names like specific characters in previous books, or are these just made-up names for this issue? I don't remember them myself. Uh, yeah, I haven't kept uh, that heavily on top of her stuff uh, in recent times, so I don't necessarily remember these names either, but 
I assumed that they that they were all uh, there for a reason. What's her little hmm. friend's name that was in year one? Uh, Holly. Is she in this? Uh, I don't think there was even a Holly there. Damn, no. shade. Shade. Damn. Damn. Damn, dude. Wonder what happened there with that falling out. <laughs> oh, well, we actually, we, we know. Uh, Holly was... Uh, Holly was last seen when Bruce and Selena went to see Talia. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah, where that's Holly right. was hiding. Damn, no way you need to. She's the one that, that killed all for. those people, right? Yeah. She's the mass murderer. Yeah, okay, so of course she's not going to yeah, be invited Holly. to the fucking bachelorette party. Wanted criminal. Yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of shallow. Frank Miller, uh, Frank Miller uh, was a bad influence on Holly. She's just been murking people since. Seriously. Do you think even though she murdered everybody, she should have gotten an invite, Legends? I mean, you know, I think she earned it. <laughs> I guess t- technically, well, no, Selena's a free woman, right? All charges were dropped. Does it make uh, it right, yeah. though? Like, does Selena, is Selena allowed to just, like, walk around Gotham, like, without any issue? I, that was what I took it as, you know, they, they went and uh, confronted Holly and wanted her... To uh, to kind of come forward and take take responsibility so that <clears throat> Selena could move on and live her life. Yeah, but it's still but it's still it's that she did maybe. It's kind of like seeing some. It's I'm trying to think of like another like famous person who's like gotten into legal trouble or like Winona Ryder, you know, for example, like with shoplifting, right? So like Selena mm-hmm. obviously was a thief and has done time. And so now she was rectified. the The crimes, as far as the murders, have been expunged. I guess you could say from her record because she didn't do it. Um, so does I'm assuming that means that she's out and about and she can walk around freely. But people still kind of look at her as like, oh, remember she was the fucking thief or the criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think kind of plays into. Well, it was mentioned in this issue. It's finally kind of like clearly stated that Bruce and Selena can't marry but Batman and Catwoman can right what is what is your guys' take on that line in this issue uh, well there's that obvious line that can't be crossed of if Batman is marrying Catwoman that you can't have Bruce Wayne mysteriously being married at the same time. Mm. And I I think uh, it makes a much more, uh, for stories, it makes it much more interesting for casual people if there's a a Batman Catwoman wedding than a a Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle wedding. I I mean, does that technically mean like they can't really be married? Can you really really file a legally binding document? Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> it's there's going to be a contract, a wedding contract signed by Batman and Catwoman, and witnessed by Harley Quinn and Nightwing. I guess it's like, it, I mean, the way I see it is they're making that aspect public, so that way, when you see Batman and Catwoman running around together all the time, like it's no big deal. Oh, they're married, I guess. But everyone knows Catwoman, Selena Kyle, right? I don't know, does everybody? I th- I, th- I mean, she's not wearing a mask, she has goggles, but, like, yeah. she interacts with people and she runs around. I assume, I, I've always thought that most people have known Catwoman to be Selena Kyle. I mean, Superman doesn't wear a mask. 
Yeah, but like like Zoe Deschanel, he just puts his bangs and glasses on. Bangs down, glasses <laughs> on. Completely different person. But I still, I, I was saying this in the chat. I think in uh, in in this current world, uh, it would make sense for Clark Kent to start saying that he does Superman cosplay on the weekends. He goes to like cons and birthday parties dressed as Superman. So yeah. you know when he meets somebody. You know, somebody new gets hired at the plant, and they're like, hey, you look like Superman. Yeah, that's why I cosplay him on the weekend. Oh, cool. No more suspicion. Ah. This, is, this is why I was saying a couple months back that Tom King should totally do a Superman series, because I could totally see him, like, including this in a storyline. This conversation? <laughs> the, no. Nice plot point? The actual story of Superman doing cosplay. Ah, got it. Uh, did you guys see... Uh, Tom King on Seth Meyers. Yes. No, I haven't. Uh, he he was talking about uh, you know he was, he was, he did a great job on it. First of all, you know he was entertaining and you know it was what he needed to be. You know he told told some cool CIA stories to show everybody. Oh wow, this is this this is a cool badass guy. But then he told some funny stories about comics and stuff. But uh, he was joking about sort of Batman's attire for a wedding and you know do you put. The, is the tux under the suit and like the cape on top or is the, the tux over the suit and mm. so it'd be interesting to see what we get in 50 yeah that's what someone uh, i saw a dm like from a post that we put up of the covers that we've been putting out and this guy was like super pissed off he's like i don't understand if selena is wearing a wedding dress why isn't he at least wearing part of a tuxedo like he was really pissed off and i was like whoa dude calm down <laughs> That's what he's. That's what he's mad about. That's what he was like flipping out about. And he's like, out of all these, I think he was like, out of all these covers, I've only seen two of them where Batman is wearing a tuxedo. Disgusting. Okay, buddy. Uh, how often have you known a variant cover for a comic? Sometimes even the regular for cover for a comic to have even anything to do with what's going on inside. Yeah. Right. That's um, all right. So let's. I think that's a good segue into. So we're talking about Tom King to Batman number fifty, but this issue of the Prelude was not nearly as crazy as the last one. I think, right? Yeah. So Weird, yeah, rather. basically, what happened in this was uh, Selena's out at her uh, at her party, and uh, Jason Todd, with the help of Bizarro, catches wind that there's some stuff going down, and turns out to be anarchy is uh, about to blow up uh, some buildings. Hmm. Interesting. So they're just a cuffs, and uh, obviously Jason stops them. Yeah. All right. And, Sounds uh, like the... another villain is is upset with Batman at the idea of him actually being happy and getting married. Yeah, he he very much was like he was really pissy about it. If you did, you read the stuff that uh, Anarchy was saying, like, oh, why why does he get to be happy and have his life all fall into oh my place? God, Jesus, All right. Well, yeah. well, he never he never got a letter back from his uh, pretend dad, the Joker, growing up. <laughs> Man. Uh, but uh, Jason uh, got to be the good guy in the end when all of these people that uh, Anarchy was fooling into uh, taking part in, in his terror activities. Uh, Jason told everyone, you know, if you abandon the plans that he's given you because uh, they, they, he had appealed to all of them you know he's an activist slash terrorist so he had 
convinced all these people to help him based on the ruse that it would uh, help whatever cause they're supporting. Mm. So Jason tells everybody that uh, if you ditch the plans he's given you, I'll make a donation to your cause. Hmm. If you don't, then I'll make a donation to the opposing cause. Hmm. Pretty clever. And he ends up uh, spending uh, his entire payment from Batman. Right. It was at that point that I realized that he really did pay him that 150000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, He actually did. <laughs> Man. Oh, Bruce. Uh, moving on to Batman 50? No, 49, rather. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. But I, last... I don't know how 50 is going to happen after this one. Last... Is, 50, is 50 supposed to be an extended uh, page? I would assume so. Yeah, it's probably. They got a bunch of artists coming onto it, I think, right? Yeah. But um, um, Legends, this is probably the most uh, um, uh, dialogue in a Tom King Batman uh, issue oh, in a while, oh. right? It definitely is, and I was loving every second of it. I the thing about this is, I know this is like a review and or you know whatever you want to call it, a retrospective of the issue. But you with the, we will not do this issue justice just by talking about it. You have to read this because the interactions between the Joker and uh, Catwoman, um, like just the timing and the humor and what they're doing and what they're saying, it's almost like. Watching like a Tarantino movie where right, two actors right. are like having like a dialogue, or a Scorsese movie where there's just two actors having a dialogue, and like you can't explain, like you can't explain the scene. Like you have to just watch yeah. it or show it to someone because that's... yeah, it's it's the dance of their conversation back and forth. You know, while at the same time that they're enemies and they're opposed uh, to each other in this situation. At the same time, they sort of take a walk down memory lane and are sort of civil to each other mm -hmm. while being uh, directly opposed. They have like a mutual respect for being members of the rogues gallery and yeah. arguably two of the most important members of the the, the two most oh, important yeah. members. Yeah, absolutely. And right. um, the, the first two. Yeah. Yeah. I like how uh, they also kind of chime in with like they kind of. Well, I mean, Tom King, to a certain extent, chimes in what he, who he believes are, like, the next best ones in line. Um, yeah. Mentioning, like, who keeps the rogues together and, like, who was the glue that held them together and, like, how Two-Face was, you know, in that sense he was that. And it was just, man, it was fucking great. Like, um, I loved how they did little callbacks to, like, certain arcs and certain stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, it's, this was a great, great issue, and uh, not a lot of, like, um, ass-kicking, not a lot of, like, um, I mean, there's some, but I think the the heart of the issue is really the conversation between Joker and Catwoman. And... Yeah, as they lay there, both trying to not bleed to death, and you, know, you see what is really on Joker's mind when he's asking Selina, you know, why you mm -hmm. and not me? Yeah. And you know, talks about their history together. You know, what what did you give him that that I didn't? And yeah, like you see, he uh, mentions back to to their history together. Yeah, uh, was the one line that he said. Uh, uh, 
said that uh, I killed his Robin. I killed thousands for him. I held him in the rain. Uh, I held him as the rain came and we laughed. Obviously referring to the end of Killing Joke. Yeah. So a very cool, uh, just a little history trip there while uh, while seeing what's on his mind, you know, why he's uh, so, not entirely trying to disrupt. You you get the feeling that he's trying to disrupt the wedding, but at the same time, like in the last issue, we saw him asking Batman if he was the best man, and then in the in the DC Nation story from Tom King Clayman, he was at a at a random house waiting for his invitation to show up. Hmm. So he isn't entirely trying to stop it from happening, but he's kind of trying to stop it from happening. Yeah, I, I see him as the dude at the end. Like, if anyone. Uh, has any, um, you know, if anyone has any objection, speak now, forever hold your peace. I think he's probably looking for that opportunity to... Oh, you know that's coming. <clears throat> but, um, like you mentioned, Robin, like, how the hell is Selena supposed to walk down the aisle after all this? Yeah, and especially the way the issue ends. How the hell are not... any of them supposed to be walking down the aisle? Yeah, they're, they're all fucked up. Yeah, when Joker finally gets up and says, okay, well, it's time, I'm going to have to, you know, take the chance of bleeding out to load my gun and and finish the job here. Yeah. He ends up, you know, doesn't make it, doesn't get it done in time. Well, because he takes a little too much time to talk to and then just drops from blood loss. Yeah. What, uh, well, how, how did the last issue end? What was, what happened to Batman again before Selina comes in? Uh, Joker had uh, hidden a bomb in the cross and then it blew up. Yeah, while oh, they were praying. Yeah, while they were kneeling at the altar. Okay, so he's all fucked and up then, in the bomb. Yeah, so then Selena had seen it from like <coughs> across the way somehow. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, we find out at the end of this when when Batman you know wakes up, uh, we find out he says that Joker had uh, had paralyzed him. You know, had yeah, temporarily paralyzed him with the drug. So that would have been with the bullet at the end of issue 48 after the explosion when we see Selina about to make her way to the church, you know, say, fuck it, you know. Batman had told her to, to wait there because Joker was too dangerous. Uh, after the explosion and she's about to go, there's another gunshot. Yeah, like a flash in the flash of light. Yeah. So, uh, so that was Joker putting that bullet into him to paralyze him. I think I know how Tom King's going to fix all this. He's going to somehow bring in Thanos and he's going to snap his fingers <laughs> and then just uh, reverse everything that happened and bam, perfect wedding. <laughs> there you go. Have you seen, uh, did you read uh, Trunkler's Theory? Legends? Uh, I didn't see it, but uh, all, all I saw him say was that uh, his theory was changing well, after reading this. The one thing that seems to be the same is Trunkler's convinced that this wedding is not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, ah, fuck this. I mean, the Batman getting hitched? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, but oh man, one of my favorite parts of this of this issue is all the small, different facial expressions drawn on each panel in the nine panels on some of these pages. Mm. <clears throat> Which might be boring to some people, but I, I like seeing the emotion in the characters. That's I think why I like. Joel Jones so much, um, and then Joker is asking Selena if she stole the dress that she bought or that she got, and, 
And she says, basically, yeah. <laughs> and he says, does he know? And she says, of course not. <laughs> he'd no, be mad. He'd be mad. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this... He'd... Where the fuck has Janin been all our lives, man? Well, he's been around. Like, it, he's always been doing good work, but over the last few years, like his stuff has just stepped up. I mean, like this is such great, like art. Like, I mean, fuck. Like the the one that I love is where Joker finally stands up and he's like um, standing over Selena, holding the gun out right before he keels over. Like, just I mean, but they all it's and he was he's loading the gun. Just the shadow use and the it just looks fucking great. Who was saying? Someone was saying that they didn't like it or it was lazy. I don't, was that on Twitter? Uh, I had posted uh, a panel from the last issue from 48 and some scrotum commented uh, about the art being lazy oh and I think God. I just deleted his comment because I didn't know uh, yeah. how else to register it. <laughs> Stomp on your own balls, sir. Like, tuck it back and sit on them because you're an idiot. Like, probably nothing to tuck back. <clears throat> this is like uh, some of the most like beautiful, like, it's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like sharp or it pops. It's like stunning, you know? It's simplistic, yeah. but it's like, it cuts through in a way that uh, some of the other, um, I mean, you don't even need to have action in with this art for it to look good, you know? It just looks good because of the of the mood that it brings. Janin is like, man. But um, anyhow. Is, uh, is Selena supposed to have a new... Um... Um, costume going forward in the new series. I think that in her Joel Joelle Jones re uh, redesigned uh, the cat suit. Yeah, yeah. But is it supposed to be like in all of the other um, yeah comics th- as well? I think like it's going to be across the the DC universe. That if she's probably yeah. drawn, then she'll be with that that new suit. Just like just like Batgirl. So Batgirl. no more goggles is what you're saying. Is that what she looks like in the in the new uh, Joelle Jones? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no goggles in the on the new suit that Joel Jones drew. Yeah, then I would I would think that that's uh, the case. Sweet. When did when but, did the uh, goggles show up? Uh, I think uh, it was the uh, goggles came. Uh, the look that she's had for a while now uh, was adopted after Darwin Cook finished. He he gave her the suit that has the zipper. Uh, yeah. Down the center, and you know the the sort of helmet style cowl with the separate goggles but after darwin finished darwin always kept it uh sort of classy you know he always had the zipper up all the way and then as soon as he was uh finished his run on the catwoman title mm-hmm. uh everyone that sort of took over after that started you know just dropping that zipper down <laughs> and uh, they, they did the same thing. They 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 used Darwin's uh, Darwin's design in the Arkham games as well. Purge. She had that suit, and that zipper was dropped down. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, th- I think the most important thing at the end of this issue is uh, that Selina is apparently uh, infected by Joker from that from that gunshot because while she. Uh, grabs Joker's body at the end, she starts laughing. Uh, you know, much similar to Joker, and her eyes are much greener than they were. Mm. It's pretty manical there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Very awesome issue. Um, oh, so real quick, going back to the theory. So uh, after this issue, 
Uh, Trunkler was like, Dah, so, uh, you know, I got a theory that changes, but uh, the guy in my comic shop's got one as well. He doesn't think that uh, the wedding's going to happen either. And the reason being is he thinks that Joker is going to crash the wedding and Selena's going to kill him. And Batman's not going to be able to handle her doing that, so he's going to call the wedding off. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of similar to what what I had been saying. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on, on other episodes. While everyone was assuming that Selena was going to die, I thought that seemed way too obvious. And two, they had just announced her for her own ongoing series again. Doesn't sound like a dead character. But, uh, yeah, I figured it would be more likely. I I also haven't felt like the wedding was going to happen, but I thought it would more likely than her dying is Joker or whomever would create a situation where she had to kill Joker or somebody, kill someone to, to save Bruce. Mm. And that he wouldn't be able to marry her. Maybe the Joker dying is one of seven million... Uh, possibilities of uh the wedding not happening <laughs> i mean it could happen because there's gonna be two more after that right two more jokers Same right or maybe three. they need the joker to die to lead into this three joker um, story hmm. there you go. um good stuff uh what's next on the old agenda justice league or what did we say it was yeah justice league justice league oh yeah man dude this is it doesn't even seem like Scott's writing this. I mean, that's in a good it, way. Yeah, it's it's very different. Uh, it's very different writing style from as we mentioned uh, with issue one. He was intentionally writing a different way, trying to do a very specific thing. But I think doing a team book like this really falls into his wheelhouse. This is this is really working for him. Yeah, he hadn't really gotten an opportunity to do much of that aside from um, the crossover stuff. And I think that even Metal was probably the first big one that he was able to do where um, he was able to give uh, multiple uh, perspectives from different characters. Because um, he's been doing Batman, you know, pretty heavy for so long. Uh, even, you know, even with the all-star Batman stuff, it was still Batman-centered and maybe there was some Two-Face stuff here and there. But it was all from Batman's perspective. So this is cool. Like, Batman... It, what, I, what I loved about this issue is... This is issue number two, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was cool about this issue is that uh, he used... Again, dude, like, I feel like he's, like, really channeling Grant Morrison. Because Grant Morrison used Batman in this way, too. Where the characters that are on the forefront are, like, Martian Manhunter... Um, Superman and it seemed like Martian Manhunter, Superman and Flash were like the main characters of this issue and Batman is used as like this cool fucking badass like um, uh, plot point more so than like an actual point of view and uh, that's I really feel like that's what um, Morrison was kind of doing with uh, the his Justice League where like Batman was there but he wasn't always like the main character and even if he was just there for a little bit he was just really you know, mysterious and badass, and he was always the one having, like, the leg up on everybody else. But, um, oh, man, dude, this, 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 uh, this issue was fucking cool. And, uh, Georgie, big old Georgie, Jorge Jimenez, is art. Um, he has, like, this, like, style, the way he draws Batman is almost like a darker Capullo Batman. 
Um, but there's so many. There's like too too much stuff to break down in this issue. So many badass things that happened. Uh, as far as plot, um, it's picking up with uh, the fact that the source wall has been cracked. So there's this anomaly. What do they call it? The is it not an anomaly? Totality. Totality, Totality. has yeah. landed in the desert in the form of a head. So it's alien, and they believe that the key to saving the universe after the source wall has been cracking is with this totality. And um, the Justice League are after it, and at the same time, so is the Legion of Doom. Um, and they that way that that Batman tries to recruit John Stewart using uh, Martian Manhunter as like a like uh, bio like this this like uh, biochemical like uh, uh, communication device that was fucking nuts. Yeah, and uh, and Swamp Thing there as well. Yeah. Um. What else was going on in this issue? Uh, like, have you guys ever seen that movie, uh, Inner Space, with um, Martin Short and what's, oh. what's I forget what the other actor is, but he shrinks down into like a little uh, spaceship and he goes inside of uh, the body. That's kind mm-hmm. of what Batman did. And <laughs> Batman and uh, what's her name? They want her to do it with Martian Manhunter. Um, just so just like such. It's really really cool, uh, like little plot points. Um, you, we like we also get that like uh, it was really cinematic the way that like they're entering into the the totality um, when they're walking up to it. I totally got that Armageddon feel when like they're walking down like the runway. Oh yeah, yeah. that was. <laughs> <laughs> now when we just... see Lex uh, introducing like explaining what's going on to to the members of uh, the Legion. Uh, he's explaining to Grodd, you know, and to to Cheetah, Black Manta, that uh, there are all of these these different things that we're that we need to unlock to to kind of you know, take over uh, take over from the Justice League here. And he tells Grodd that he already he's already unlocked the power to defeating his enemy, and he shows him that he, yeah. Who do you think that baby is? I think we mentioned like seeing him in. Was it the uh, the Spectre? Is it Baby Spectre? Because he's got a green glow, right? Yeah, he's got green eyes, and yeah, it's so. Because was yeah, I have no idea who that baby is. Wasn't there uh, some Spectre in? Um, or we thought it was some Spectre stuff from. Um, was it uh, No Justice? When uh, or was what, it in or was it in issue one of this? I don't remember. I do feel like there was some Spectre somewhere, and and it was within the Justice League banner. Yeah. Um, Johnny is it Johnny Thunder? Johnny Thunder is like running around, and like I think he like comes across it, or they mention it, or it's like oh, that that was uh, Doomsday Clock. Oh, that's right, Johnny Thunder. Okay, so that's that would be. Separate, and he finds right? he finds the Green Lantern lamp. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I feel like, yeah, Spectre is somewhere else. Yeah, you're right. I think he was somewhere either in the first issue. That's what I thought yeah. it was. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, he, he has green eyes. He's got the the green blanket draped over his uh, nutty bits. And then, yeah, he there's a definite green glow coming from his head face area yeah. when Grodd picks him. 
And it's definitely not a new character because Grodd picks him, or before Grodd picks him up, he says, is that who I think it is? Yeah. All right. Um, how about freaking Sinestro, bro, and what he goes after and what he brings back? Oof. Right. I, I had heard that this was coming, that they were going to be uh, introducing this. Yeah. So, yeah, basically with the source wall cracked, uh, Sinestro has uh, unlocked uh, another... Emotional spectrum. Uh, yeah, uh, along with all of the other uh, lantern colors. Yeah, so, so this is he's, he's, supposed uh, to be an invisible uh, invisible emotional spectrum is what he calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he tries the... to recruit Jon Stewart to join him. The ultraviolet core. Right. And I think like when when uh, he crashed when John Stewart crashes down and uh, near the end, he mentioned the somebody mentions like that they can't figure out what emo- they can't see what emotion is like is it rage or anger towards us or is it towards himself? <clears throat> so it's going to yeah. be difficult to probably figure out how to defeat it when you don't know what's powering it. But that looked badass. Um, also, other spoilers where uh, we know that. Uh, Batman has shrunk himself and put him inside of uh, Superman. As they're going through the uh, totality, it's uh, it's, it's uh, what do you call it? Um, it's shown that Lex Luthor is also inside Superman. Yeah, he wasn't actually there uh, with the Legion members. That was just a Lex bot. Yeah, he was using a Tony Tony Stark um, uh, suit. <laughs> One of those suits that <laughs> powered by uh, yeah. So. Hey, Tom, I don't know if you can get the uh, DC editor online, too, but uh, they had a uh, spelling error here with uh, oh. Superman's cephalic vein. It should be Superman's cephalic vein. Oh, someone just got fucking fired. Yeah, I know. You know with my nursing background, I picked that up in two seconds. I know. I would have I assumed that Scott's uh, wife would have uh, caught that as well. I mean, I'm sure that's where he was getting it from, but um, he probably just like went over and ran over to her notes and stole it. <laughs> what did okay. he? What did we, he call it? Cephalic. Him. Yeah. Cephalic. What is it? <clears throat> it's cephalic vein. It's the. It's basically the vein that runs up your your whole arm from your forearm up into your bicep. Cephalic. Why does that sound like a butthole to me? His <laughs> <laughs> butthole. I vein. don't know. So I, I was thinking, oh, maybe there's a vein I don't know about. So I even googled the spelling in this issue. It's nowhere to be found. Oh, he that's... tried to correct me. It was like, you mean cephalic? Got it. Cephaly. Well, I think I think you've clearly overlooked uh, Clark's Kryptonian biology. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's not exactly human. So, I mean, I'm wondering if that means that Batman and Lex are going to battle it out inside of Superman. That'd be fucking nuts. Dude, that would be an awesome like, animated episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like one uh, grimy sword fight. <laughs> I'm also wondering to see what's uh, what's inside of the uh, the uh, what do you call it again? Totality. The totality. Obviously, some yeah. dude. So that alien looks like it looks like a severed head, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, it 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 looks exactly like a severed head. And uh, when they're all looking at it, they uh, they're sort of saying that it it looks. Familiar, but unfamiliar, and they've never seen anything like it. I was waiting for Brendan Fraser to pop out and just uh, <laughs> turn this whole storyline into something crazy. 
Um, uh. Yeah. So, so if it, if I had to guess, I'm guessing that something out there chopped something else's fucking head off, and that came flying onto Earth and landing there on Earth, and uh, they're thinking that it's you know whatever it might be, but it's literally just a fucking severed head of something else that's out there, and they. Yeah, but it had uh, it had been transmitting a code that they couldn't decipher. I think it's saying, ouch, ouch, my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they say, like, after, uh, af- well, th- there's been, like, studies that have said that, um, and I don't know how the fuck they did this, but, like, um, oh, that's what it was. Is like, the guy said, uh, there was this scientist who was going to be beheaded in, like, Europe, and he said that he's going, he would try to communicate after being beheaded by blinking. So they chopped his head off and then it like rolled down and he was blinking. He like blinked like a total of seven times. So um, people believe that even after your head's been chopped off, you still are like aware of what's happening up until a, cu- like a couple of seconds. You know, you don't immediately die. Mm. So who knows if like his head got chopped off and the dude's, st- you know, Scott's like a ner- like Scott's such a fucking like uber nerd like that where he like <laughs> he, he'll like research the most random shit and like include it in his runs. Right. Like he'll look up facts and he'll go on a deep dive on like YouTube or something for a long time and he'll write it into the story. And like you'll look later look back. It's like, oh, it's true. Like he really did write this. But, yeah. So. <laughs> You know, who knows? We'll see what's uh what what goes on there. But uh, the art, dude, Jorge Menes is a monster, man. Yeah, this guy's yeah, art. Yeah, I'm digging the art. So good. That's his swamp thing looked fucking awesome. Um, everything looked. His Batman looked awesome. John Stewart uh, looks that, badass. Yeah, I. That's exactly what I was just gonna point out. That uh, that big page where he smashes through the roof. Uh, yeah, that's that's solid. He when he's so about to like. Like turn uh, John Stewart. Even that. No, when when John Stewart when John Stewart. Oh, when he crashes down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Did you guys take a look at that variant cover by Jim Lee of Martian Manhunter? Yep. That looks badass. That's a uh, that's a he did that with Superman. It's like a, um, I think that's Superman Reborn issue number one. Let me see if I can find that. He uh, that that cover. I was like, oh, that's a Superman cover that he redid. And I think he the last Superman he did was Reborn, wasn't it? Uh, he did Superman he had, Unchained. I, he did Unchained, Unchained with Unchained, Scott. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Unchained. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah, it does yeah. look similar. Great story, by the way. Superman Unchained. Oh, cheer, Scott. <laughs> Let me see the picture of what the Martian Manhunter one looks like, so I can quickly compare and tell myself that I'm right. Um, here it is. Okay, so he's lifting up what looks like something crashing down on a little girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's from issue number nine, I think. Uh, Superman Unchained, issue number nine. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me see here. I'll put it in kick so you guys can see it. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I've seen that before. Um, Dude, Scott's killing it on this thing, man. This is, like, way better than I thought. I mean, I knew it was going to be something enjoyable, but maybe that isn't the... It looks similar, but I don't think it's the exact same. <clears throat> I'm curious what these other... Because there's supposed to be a total of seven hidden forces that they're okay. trying to unlock. And since uh, Lex and Sinestro seem to have locked two of them, 
what the, what the other five are going to be. So one of them is Spectre, if we're guessing correctly, right? Right. And then yeah. the uh... Uh, one uh, one we can safely assume was a doorknob that can smash your fucking head open. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who does he kill with that again? Oh, Vandal Savage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what is the what is the significance of the of the uh, of the image of that logo? It represents the seven the seven like powers of that little circle thing he's holding. It's like the triangle thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the doorknob with the with a pattern on it. It's a, it's just his fidget spinner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, badass issue. Can't wait for the next one. And this is uh, ongoing, so we're gonna get, be pampered with that. Another uh, dude. I loved also uh, Man of Steel this week, issue number four. Yeah. By uh, Brian Michael Bendis and um, Bendis has been uh, I, killing it. I I like the way they've circled around that moment that we got that moment at the end of issue one where uh-huh. there's that blinding light coming through. Yeah. And it it ended with that, with them wondering what, what this blinding light was. Yeah. And then it circled back through that in issue two, uh-huh. and then came back to it again here, so we just keep seeing little bits of it. Mm-hmm. Little Baby Legends agrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, was this, again, done by multiple artists? Uh, it was. I believe it was. Um. It, uh, but the story, man, like I, I really dig it. I think it's great. Um, it's a cool little twist on uh, stuff that uh, is in Superman's history. Um, basically, saying that this guy may or may not have been what caused Krypton to, uh, to, to perish. Um, then he goes in and destroys. He destroys, or we believe he destroys Kandor, and he's trying well, to yeah. humiliate. It, it, it looked like it looked like you did, you know. That was one yeah. bloody tiny city. Yeah. So I mean, this issue basically starts out as being like a big fight between him and Superman, and then Kara's involved. Green Lantern. He beats the shit out of Superman and leaves him there. And then uh, Green Lantern kind of scares him away. Um, and it also kind of plays a little bit into we finally figure out who's inside that craft that sh- uh, shows itself as like a flashing light to Superman, John and Lois. And uh, it opens up and out pops fucking Jor-El, right? Um, and it's Jor-El, the, the Jor-El that looks like was the one uh, that had been in the previous Superman run. Um, who was like jumping around through like universes and time and stuff like that. So again, Bendis kind of like folding in the old with the new, which is cool to see. And he's saying that he needs to take uh, Superboy with him. And I mean, it's Superboy, Superboy and Lois aren't around, so we still don't know if he actually did take them. Um, but uh, it it starts to add up with this guy having come there to hunt down the last of the Kryptonians. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it makes sense that this time traveling Jor-El would be there to grab John and take yeah. him out of there. Like, yeah, I know it's coming. You better you need to let your kid come with me. I can hide him for you. I just want to say that these two pages with the Jor-El reveal are the two best pages of the issue. Shout out to Jason Baybuck. I was about to say who drew that. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, man, it looks great. Legends, were you reading that Superman run with Jor-El? 
Yeah. I think he was also Dude, the in... whole the whole um action comics and Superman yeah from Rebirth have been right up there with Batman for me. I had uh, I had uh, not uh read that whole Jor-El storyline. I came back around after it, but um it ends up legit being Jor-El, right? From a different like uh different like multiverse a- area, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so it's legit Jor-El. So- I, I I went when I went to um, what was it WonderCon? I spoke to um, Dan Jurgens a little bit about him not being on uh, Action Comics no more, mm-hmm. and and how disappointed I was because it's like been so good lately. He gave me like the sternest look and was like, "Me too." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like me too, but don't worry good things are coming in or some something along those lines and i was like all right so i was i was kind of i was kind of leery too about this whole bendis joining superman but so far man it still has been fucking awesome though yeah all four issues yeah for sure and uh this issue uh ends really heavy too with superman goes back to the fortress and it looks like he was he acts like he was going there to try to call someone but then uh when uh, what's his name? Azul. Uh, I forgot the new guy's name again. Azul Gall but, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he's there waiting for him, and Clark acts like he, you know, he, he's surprised that he, you know, that he happened to be there. But hmm. looked like he had that planned all along, because then he pulls out that uh, solar flare ability that was introduced in the New Fifty Two. Yeah. For sure, and those Kaplawi and what's left of the fortress. Yeah, pretty nutty. So, very Pinterested, very Pinterested to see where this ends, where this ends up. Um, dude, we. So this is leading into both Superman and Action Comics because Bendis is going to be on both of those series, right? Indeed. Mm. I understand. Yes, truly. Uh, Interesting. Not making it easy on the old wallet with the uh, pulling of the books because I definitely want to keep reading Batman. I'm sorry, Superman and Action Comics. The old dude. Uh, oh yeah, the Justice League also gave a little bit of a nod to Justice League Dark that's coming out. Um, oh, if uh, if that book looks and feels anything like the little Swamp Thing cameo that was in uh, this issue, that looks awesome. Um, who else is in that? Man Bat, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, Wonder Woman. Can't remember who else is Justice League Dark this time around, but having Man Bat on that team is pretty sweet, pretty badass. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know what's been killing me lately on Wednesdays is these new Virgin variant comics. Man, they've all been so good. It's like yeah. drive, it's driving up my weekly total by like another twelve to fifteen bucks. You know, I've been having to like I I will just pull the if it's not I, I do bat I do both of Batman, but. Um, I'll just grab the Virgin cover of whatever issue I'm getting, you know, and I'll leave the normal one just because it looks so good. I know, but I'm talking about like like uh, titles I don't even read. I, uh, I just like I just uh, like the Virgin cover, so I'm just grabbing it anyways. I'm like I don't like I'm 40 issues back on this, but I'm yeah. still gonna pull it because it looks cool. Well, yeah, you just you can get it signed and put it up as like a little mini print. You yeah. know, you can, like you can display that. They're so good. And I'm hoping that, like, I'm sure the artists will have those as prints, whatever convention they uh, they show oh, yeah. at. So, 
Yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of these ones that have that have been coming out since they started doing this are guys that are all over the conventions, uh, yeah. like Matina, right? Matina, uh, um, Art Germ, Finn, yeah, yeah, Art Germ definitely, and he's going to be doing uh, the Catwoman ones for a while. Uh, David Finch had done some of the Flash ones uh, with Ooh. the Virgin covers. I just realized that Jim Lee Marsh Manhunter one's going to be a Virgin. Oh yeah. Ooh. You See, know the only thing I didn't like about these Virgin covers, it it wasn't as big a deal for me because I wasn't collecting like uh, Mister Miracle. I've been collecting the the regular covers. I haven't been doing the variants. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But if I had been doing the variants, it would bother my OCDness oh. that issues one the to frame? eight were all <laughs> regular variants. But then, nine, ten, eleven, twelve were virgin variants. Yeah, I see what that you mean. it just switches in the middle. That would make me nutty. Damn. Mm. Didn't Marvel start doing something like that recently, where now they're putting the logo and stuff on the back page? Or was that uh, something like that? Yeah, they they've had some uh, some nearly virgin uh, covers going as well. Uh, there was a thing that Image did for, what, last month, I feel it was, where they were doing Virgin covers that were all wraparounds, and all of the the logo and everything was inside the cover. So barcode, everything was inside. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, they, they looked really good, but it made for a pain in the ass or uh, opening them up to scan the barcodes for for every customer. I know you guys aren't big uh, CGC, CBCS uh, fans, but I I wish that they would start doing um, different frames for like wraparound covers so that you can have the whole thing framed and oh, graded. Like like a uh, like um, horizontal. Right. Like it's folded out. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, horizontal, right? Because it has yeah, the back. Yeah, so they would like, like a open cool, it up. Or like, if you want to do a sketch cover and get it like framed, like CGC authenticated or something, then you can have the whole thing showing as as the sketch instead of, you know. Or you can just buy a frame at Michaels. So, do you like CGC? I like I like it to an extent. Swatch Marriott. <laughs> uh, there's a, a thing for. If you have books that are wraparound covers that you you don't necessarily it's it's not that big a deal that you're going to go buy a frame or anything for it. Uh, one of the companies makes uh, transparent backboards, mm. so it's it's just clear plastic. So rather than a, a cardboard backer board, you use these clear ones. Uh, so it's, the book is protected, that's, you know, when you've got it just bagged and boarded, but you can still see the back cover. That's muy badass. Do you know what company where, that's called? Yeah, where is this at? It's muy, uh, muy badass. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it up. We, I have one here, but obviously it doesn't have anything labeled on it. Uh, we still have one or two at the shop. I'll see if I can find a name. But hmm. uh, they're they're like a dollar a piece or something. Is so it it's by... not... Uh, so I should wait till it's like 10 cents? Yeah, there you go. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, I'll go into Diamond right now and see if I can find anything real quick. Comic skin crystal clear comic book backing boards. 
There you go. That sounds like that would be it. Load it up and kick, old boy. Uh, comicskin.com. Comicskin launches new product. Crystal clear comic book backing boards. Wow, these look nice. It, is it like ultra thin and ribbed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ribbed for legend's pleasure. The thing about backing boards is like I kind of like them thicker than not. So I'll usually double yeah, I'll usually these, double board it these for like aren't, good ones. These aren't particularly thick, but because it's not cardboard, you know, it's it's plastic. Yeah. You're not, and you're not it's, looking they're, they're still strong. I'm sure it's if you have the clear versions, you're looking to uh, display it, so you're probably not going to be putting it with other books, just kind of I just I just like the idea more so for uh, I want to start doing more like sketch covers, but I like the wrap around because the artist has more room to draw. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, slab slabpro.com. Slab slash slab-pro.com. Invisible comic backboard. Acid-free, archival quality, ultra rigid 40 mil thick, crystal clear and totally invisible, ultimate protection front and back. Superior to flimsy acid paperboards. Available in modern and silver age sizes. Order now. There you go. And I see this one's got the foil variant for the Batman Adventures. Oh my goodness, I have never even seen this cover. Holy shit. The Batman Adventures. It's got uh, issue number 12. What the fuck is this? Fouquet? Uh, is, it, is it one of the uh, John Boy Myers? It's a three. Har- it's a three Harley. It's three Harleys. Yeah, if if it's what I'm thinking, it is. It was a convention exclusive from, I would think, two years ago. Okay, well here I'm gonna put it in kick, and then Legends is gonna get some fucking OCD and have to go track this down now. That is a nice cover, yeah. dude. Wow. Yeah, there uh, there are a couple versions of it. Was I think you see, one. You see the one I just posted. Yeah, yeah, I have the mirror one, and what was the other? I think the other one was just not a chrome background or something like that. Mm. Legends, you I'll see that? He's he's already on fucking eBay looking for his clear backing boards. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Legends, you see that? We've lost him. Sorry, guys. Fiance was showing me the new couch that she just bought. Tell her we're talking comics, yeah. man. Tom said we're talking comics. Man. I've got time for this. Tom <laughs> said. Uh, check your kick. I just sent in a picture of the. You said this is a John Boy cover. Yeah, it's. Uh, she, I'm pretty sure. She said, "If I want uh, pussy, I better make time." Damn. <laughs> Tyrant. Seriously. <laughs> Do you see this All cover? Right, hold on, I'm checking. Hold on, I'm checking kick. Yeah, you'll be on eBay in about 20 minutes, dude, and even less. <clears throat> it's on the uh, the radio chat. It looks basically it's the OG Harley with like Suicide Squad Harley, and then what looks like a uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Harley. So you got your three different versions. That's a nice cover, man. Uh, there, there were two different covers uh, that they did that same year. Those are pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, there was that one, and then he also did one. Uh, the the same book, but the cover was, I want to say it was Harley, Ivy, and Batgirl, hmm. because they're the ones that figure into the issue. <coughs> Don't they already have these like harder, like thicker cased covers, that, which are more like uh, thick plastic as opposed to this? They've had they've had like double boards and 
uh, I think they've had double boards, like where it's they just cut them thicker. No, I'm, I'm saying where it's not even a board; it's just like a plastic, a, a plastic case where you just put comics in, like a hard case. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, where there's no board they're, involved. They're the, yeah, there are the top loader ones that I use a lot of, and there's also another thing. I think Ultra Pro makes it. It's this one. It's two separate pieces, and they actually have magnets in the corners. So you put the book in, and then you put the two sides together, and they just sandwich over the book, and they're held by these magnets on the corners. I just, uh, I and just then it has like a little hook built into it, so you can hang it. Legends, check the kick. I just put in another picture of it. It's a top loader, but it looks like a hard plastic one, and it comes with a little stand. Right. That right. That's the one I was talking about, except without the stand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've had yeah, this for a I, while. I use a lot of those top loaders. That's how I hang all the all my books on the walls. Robin, don't you take a thumbtack and put it through the the top loader and the book and put it on your wall, or is that somebody else? Uh, yeah, that was some. Uh, oh, okay, somebody else. Some is other, that what it's uh, called? A top weird... loader? Yeah, the yeah the crystal. Yeah, it's uh... like a giant version of the ones for baseball cards. I got a bunch of those legends. I used to right. take them. Uh, like I would take whatever I was getting signed, and I would put them in uh, a little. Um, uh, BCW, they have a they have like a BCW book. Have you ever seen those? It's like perfect for when you're getting some stuff signed, where it's uh it's the size of comic books, but you can fit like like twenty books in it, or you can fit like a couple a uh, couple dozen of the top loaders in it. So that way, it's like all you know. You just instead of having to take the book out of the bag and like you know take the plastic out and remove the book and then put it, you just take it out of the. You can put them in the in their little book, you know, in their little like folder and you just slide it out of the folder and it's right there and you slide it back in the folder all gentle like so yeah, yeah they uh the company that doesn't they do them in all kinds of sizes um for prints uh all different size prints they actually do them for vinyls as well that's right yeah, i've seen those and i know people who are listening to us right now are going to be like oh what what are they talking about the most common the biggest company i think is called bcw I think they make the top loaders also, um, but that's the company that I use. The BCW little, the 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 binder I use that. Um, they have some of the clear cases like you're talking about, Legends. They got Snap On ones. They got comic book yeah. display Snap It cases. They got top loaders. They got a lot of cool stuff. And they actually sometimes have like um, booths at conventions, and a lot of comic shops carry their stuff too. Um, uh, have you seen the boxes that they have? They're sort of like thick, really heavy-duty sort of cardboard, but uh, it's it's sort of like a comic book-sized sleeve that has a flap that goes over and Velcros, so it seals it shut. But uh, it's only big enough that it holds about 15 books. I think that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, I. Yeah, I keep one of those in uh, in my con bag, and really good for transporting some books and keeping them safe. Yeah, like if for si- especially for signings. Yeah. Like if you're gonna get something signed, you just you open up the Velcro and you slide it out, get it signed, slide it back in. You know, chase down uh, Dan Dio. Oh, here it is. I'll, I'll give it to. And uh, yeah, any books you pick up at a con, you can just tuck it in that yeah. put it in the bag and then you know it's it's basically bulletproof <clears throat> uh this episode of bat force radio is brought to you by bcw folder 
And yeah, good good old tips. Legends, I'm going to put another picture of the ones that I use. This is the one that Robin's was talking about right now, I think. All right. I'm back. Yeah, I think those are them. <clears throat> yeah, they got a little flap. Open it up, put it in. Let me begin. Oh, yeah. I actually just seen these at uh, a local comic shop, shop called Quest. Uh, they got them in a couple of weeks ago. I was going to pick some up for uh, when I go to the cons. They're great. That, that's like I said, you don't have to worry about you know fussing with the uh, your bags, taking all your books out of your bags, and being that guy. And then they, and they have that sleeve in the front. Yeah. So you can uh, kind of delicate. You can label all your books. Right make sure you know what 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 volume yeah, it is and what signatures you're getting. And it's perfect just for packing in like your suitcase, or they're not getting smashed or dented. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. Again, I. I use a, a messenger bag that I walk around cons with, you know, just keep that over my shoulder. And, uh, yeah, you can fit about 15 books into, Is it also into called one of purse? these cases. No. A man purse. It's European sure. carry-all. We can, we, we can call it a purse. I'm, I actually I'm just use a Jansport backpack <laughs> that I wrap around the front of my gut and use it as, like, a big fanny pack. Good, good, yeah. Works I, use, I use the fanny pack sandals that just got released. Fanny pack sandals? <laughs> And you put your wallet in there? No, my my wallet's too too big to go in those. You got a Costanza wallet? I was, <laughs> I was watching uh, Joe Rogan podcast uh, when he had uh, Jesse Ventura on, and they had a good long talk about uh, how great fanny packs are. Dude, Rogan, he he's, he had brought it back like in 2009. Yeah, I like remember... he, he has his own... Line of fanny packs. I, yeah, I remember Dude, when he was like, he was. I remember like back when he was like, he's like, fuck it, you know what? The fucking fanny pack is great. Like, fuck it, I'm gonna bring it back, man. I don't give a shit. Like, and this was like, yeah, it was like almost ten years ago when he was like, this talking is about it. this is all making sense. This guy that I work with, I went and saw, I forgot what movie it was, but I think it was uh, the latest one of the one of the latest Marvel movies, and he was wearing a fanny pack to the movie theaters. He just showed up in a fucking fanny pack, and we're all. <laughs> And we're all like talking shit to him the whole movie about his fanny pack. But I just found out that he's a huge fucking Joe Rogan fan. There you go. And uh, and now I know why that he's wearing the fucking fanny pack. Because Joe Rogan <laughs> told him to, man. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. I'm going to bring this up at work. Yeah. It's a friend, friend from work, you know. <laughs> all right. I mean, we just fucking completely trailed off the books, which is fine. But uh, we should probably give the people uh, the outro they deserve. Well, there, there's one other book I want to mention first. Oh. Uh, if you're not reading uh, Brave and the Bold Batman Wonder Woman oh, uh, yeah. from Sharp, that one's still kicking ass. So uh, a major thing in this issue is we saw uh, everyone from that world where Batman and Wonder Woman were investigating the murder. We find out there wasn't actually a murder. It was faked, and the guy who faked it has opened a, a door to let everyone threw into the regular world. Oh, shit. So shit's going crazy in there, but that's still such a, a good-looking book. The art is so good. And yeah, I've, I've been pulling it. I was just going to wait until it was complete and then just read it all in one sitting. There's been a moida in Savannah. Long book. Mm. <clears throat> I do declare. Oh, damn. They've they got some more Funko Pop uh, Kevin Smith coming out. Or I guess the how fun, about, fun cool how about that jersey. new? Uh, I don't know if we even if you guys want to bring up the Wonder 
woman 84 that they've been posting. Oh, those pictures? Right. Yeah, it looks legit. I like the, uh, I'm liking the uh, costume design, the brighter colors. Yeah, it's it's nice and shiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think she can ever look bad, dude. No. They would have to try really hard. Yeah, it's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good look she's got there, and uh, I'm uh, I'm happy about it. How the fuck did people hate on the casting when she was first cast? I thought it was a match made in heaven. I don't think people. It's so like... funny to go back and watch those videos of like these experts, you know, that are just going off on her, and guys are. I guarantee we won't see her again after Dawn of Justice. She'll have a bit part in that, and then we'll see Wonder Woman recast before she gets a solo film. Idiots. Yeah, yeah good luck. Yeah, that go, <laughs> I might as well give her a TV show now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, you, you saw, obviously, you're talking about the picture where she's in her full costume, right? Right. Uh, it's just She's just, like, just amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Are you still mad that I got the selfie and you didn't? No, I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't think I... <clears throat> I'm, I was there, man. I smelled her. You know what I mean? Like, I did have to weasel my way way up there. Yeah, you stepped on a kid, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, In a wheelchair. You know, <laughs> only the strong survive. <laughs> man. Uh, All right. But uh, that's going to do it for us at Beat Force Radio. Robin, you got something to ask? I got two things. One, obviously, where the fuck is the trunkler? But second, there's something else that's been weighing on my mind. You have to think about this for a minute. There is only one letter difference between superheroes and super herpes. Just food for thought. (laughs) (laughs) That is a dangerous, scary thought. Holy shit. (laughs) All right. Uh, check back on the, all our episodes where we in, interviewed a whole bunch of crazy people that we probably had no right talking to, but we did it anyway. Um, leave us a review. Check us out on Instagram and uh, and uh, Twitter. Uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover, anybody you want us to interview. Thanks for everyone who's been sending us emails uh, with feedback and Twitter and tweeting us with feedback. Uh, but yeah, bad force over and out. Later. Later.